Well, greetings all of our family and friends. We want to thank you for joining us on our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. It is a privilege to be with you. We're glad you're joining us. I'm your host for today, Apostle Nathaniel Leon. I'm glad you're with us. We're praying that God's grace and uh, spirit would abide on the Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. Thank you for joining us wherever you're watching from. I pray grace and peace to your house, to your family, to your generation. We are in expectation for God to speak in a tremendous way today. So I'm glad you're here and we're praying that God's spirit would just rest upon us. Uh, if you would, as you're coming in, uh, thank you for being with us. Please be sure to do that work of the evangelist and share the good news of Jesus Christ and to help share the podcast. We're believing that as we're sharing the podcast, that the word of God is going to go forth, that hearts are going to be healed, that minds are going to be delivered, and that by God's grace, we would be transformed. And that we believe that as we are intercessors, those who stand in the gap for others, that what we make uh, happen for others, God would make happen for us. So thank you for being with us. We pray the grace of the Lord upon you. Thank you for sharing. We're praying that God's wisdom and God's power would be evident on the podcast. Uh, so good to see you, Ada Richardson. So good to see you, Daniel. God bless you, brother. Uh, Sister Green, the Lord bless you. Miss Green, God bless you. Sister Priscilla, uh, thank you for being with us. Crystal, uh, blessings to you and your family. Corina, thank you, thank you. We're praying over each of you joining. I'm going to ask you again to do that work of the evangelist, share the good news of Jesus. By how can I do that? By hitting that share, hitting that like button, hitting that uh, that subscribe button uh, and being a follower. We believe uh, the scripture says to follow us as we follow Christ, that we are representatives of the Lord Jesus. And we're praying over that grace. Sister Lynette, welcome. Sister Eunice, the Lord bless you. Uh, you and your family. Pastor George, so good to see you on the podcast. The Lord bless you. Sister Nina Campos, thank you for being here. We're expecting a mighty time today on the podcast. We're going to pray that God would speak to us concerning freedom for a generation. Brother Ruman, welcome cousin to the podcast. God bless you. We're praying over each of you listening and your household. So let's start with a word of prayer. We're going to ask that God's presence would just feel the atmosphere and that we would be changed into his likeness through the glorious encounters of the Lord Jesus on this podcast. So let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we invite your presence and your power onto this podcast. We ask you for your spirit, Lord, to move mightily, to heal, to deliver, and to save in every area of our life. Be glorified, be lifted. I pray that every distraction, every hindrance, every opposition to the word would be broken and that you would get glory and honor through everything done today. I ask you to increase and that we would decrease, that men would hear your word and your word alone. Take a coal off the altar of your presence and touch my lips of clay, that I would minister as the oracle of God, the mysteries of the kingdom with precision, with accuracy. Speak to our hearts, open up our understanding that you would get glory and that you would get all the honor. I pray this now. I invite the spirit of wisdom and revelation to fall fresh on the eyes of our understanding. Grant to us wisdom, revelation, counsel, the mind of God concerning your will. And we will be sure to give you all of the praise all of the glory and all of the honor in Jesus mighty name we pray and let someone that agrees say amen 
and amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us, Sister Melanie. We're glad you're with us. Sister Rose Bonet, thank you, sis, for being with us. Sister Valerie, thank you for being with us. Let's get straight to the word. Uh, the book of Romans, chapter number 8, verse 21, speaks of a declaration over creation and over generations that God is going to give the glory from one generation to the next. Bless you, Diane. Thank you for being here. Here's what it says, because the creation itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the sons and daughters of God. I want to encourage you listening on the podcast. You were made for glory. You were not made for average or ordinary. You were not made for mundane, though we must go through process and development. And oftentimes God prepares us for greatness by us dealing with ordinary things, dealing with what seems to be mundane or average things. But let me encourage you, you were made for greatness. You're above and not beneath. You're ahead and not a tail. And it doesn't mean you cannot serve and we should not be humble one toward another. But in the spirit, you are royalty. You are kings and priests. We're going to read that. We were doing some study with some pastors earlier. Uh, the book of Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 10 tells us that we have been made kings and priests unto God. Here's what it said. He said, and has made us unto our God kings and priests. Number one, you've been made, you've been built, you've been designed. God is fashioning you. God is building you. God is designing you. He is forming and reforming. Here is what the scripture says. Darkness I've created, but light I've formed. Jacob I've created, but Israel have I formed. So meaning that God creates or brings into existence, but that which God will feel must be formed. It was a principle that God is making us kings and priests. He's developing in us kingly identity. You understand that Israel was in bondage, uh, in captivity for 430 years. Generations of slavery, dozens of generations had come into slavery. They had come into a system of bondage. And so when God got ready to raise up a deliverer, he was born of the house of Israel, born to Jacobed. But the Bible says the first two years, the Bible says that, that, that there was a decree that went that every child, every male child would be destroyed two years and younger. And here is what the scripture tells us, that she placed him on the water and the Bible says it returned back to her. She returned to him. Jacobed, the mother of Moses, uh, uh, found uh, this child found grace in the eyes of God and she determined not to destroy her son. This spirit of abortion, this spirit of obliteration of the next generation is nothing new. Whenever deliverers are going to rise up, a spirit of genocide on children arises. In that day, it was a genocide of the males born. In Jesus' day, it was also a genocide of the males born. Whenever deliverers are coming, the enemy tries to wipe out the generation to come. So this is what the spirit of perversion and, and lunacy to destroy our children. Bless you, Sister Shirley. Welcome. Bless you, Sister Yolanda. Thank you for being with us. A spirit that uh, insane, insanely would say uh, that children are, are, are not actually alive or whatever they want to call it, but to destroy the next generation. So this is taking place and she decides to save her son and to put Moses in a basket and release uh, the Moses down the water. And the Bible says that this basket 
basket wanders into the house of, uh, of the daughter of Pharaoh and he is adopted into the house of the king and the first two years he is raised uh, by she, she needs a wet nurse which means they didn't have Similac they didn't have a uh, powdered milk back then there was no other option you had to find somebody uh, a mother who had recently given birth that had milk to give this child there was no other option back then so the Bible says that somehow by God's grace uh, the child ended up back in its mama's hand for two years so here's the principle whatever you give to God, God will give back to you. Whatever you commission to him, God will put back in your hands. You only get to keep in the kingdom what you give away. Can you hear me? You only get to keep in the kingdom what you surrender. If you withhold it, you've lost it. But once you let it go, it's given back to you. The scripture tells us he that seeks to save his life shall lose it. But who that loses it for my sake will find it unto eternal life. Now, not only do you have temporal life, you've got eternal life. So she hands this child back uh, to the Lord and the Lord hands it for two years. And they are formed and they are shaped uh, subconsciously. They tell us in science, the first two years are the formative years of a child's life. And the first two years, he grows up in a Hebrew home, hearing the Lord our God is one. Fear the Lord with all your heart. Love no other God before me. And then after that, for 38 years, he is raised in a palace, learning to think like a king, learning to, to, to be educated like a king, learning the ways of royalty, learning the ways of leadership. He's being trained as a prince of Egypt because when God is going to bring out a people, he needs people who think like kings, that talk like kings, that have vision like a leader. When God was going to deliver millions of people from bondage and slavery of a system that was not God, this bondage system, this slavery system. You see, Egypt is a slave system. It is designed to keep you and I struggling to survive. But I want to tell you, the kingdom you are a part of is a kingdom of liberty and power. Bless you, Sister Cindy. So good to see you. The kingdom you are a part of is a kingdom of freedom, a kingdom of wholeness. You were not made to survive. You were made to thrive. You were not made to live to work. You were made to work in the kingdom of God and fulfill your heavenly assignment. And from that produce have no lack. So immediately God raises up a man who's been born and bred for 38 years to think like a king. Repeat after me, say, I am a king. You are a little king in the kingdom for Jesus is king of kings and Lord of lords. He wants you to be an owner. He wants you to think like an owner, not just a renter, not just somebody who's subservient, though we must serve one another. We must have humility one toward another, enough to wash one another's feet, Jesus did. But he had authority enough to teach a, a doctrine, to teach a, a power. Bless you, Brother Marco. So good to see you, man of God. The Lord bless you and your family. God wants you to realize you must be a king in your thinking. You must think like a king. So God is making kings. So God trains Moses for 38 years in the palace of the kingdom. And he's building him to think like a king and to walk like a king and, and to, 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 to carry himself with royalty, to perceive himself in a way that none of his brethren had the, the, the ability to, the ability to, because they were brought up in a slavery mindset. So when God brought them out, he brought them out to kingly authority. Go back to Revelation 10, 5 verse 10 says, God is making us. He is building us unto God. See, un that, see what you are to God, you will be to the world. 
So many of us are trying to get our identity from titles, from church, from money, from, from, from education, and, and nothing wrong with being educated. You must learn. Learning is fundamental or fundamental. Knowledge equals power. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, but what kind of knowledge are you consuming? I don't applaud every degree. Now, not, not that there's not labor in every degree. What is the degree in? What have you learned in your mastery? What have you pursued in wisdom? Have you learned the mind of God concerning the will of God? So now you're learning. Uh, now, nothing wrong with celebrating uh, somebody accomplishing a graduation. That's a good thing to do. But what are you learning? What are you mastering? What are you training your mind to perceive? AA, BA, bachelor's, master's. What are you gaining? education in a doctorate what are you what are you mastering in the field of what is your specialty he said I'm making kings unto God and what we are to God men will perceive us as until we are confirmed unto God we will struggle with our identity we will look for identity from our spouse we will look for identity from our mother and father which is not a wrong thing you should get it from them but usually you never are never told who you are until you hear it from the mouth of God. God wants to tell you who you are because your, your parents, though they did a great job or maybe they didn't do a great job, they have not been, uh, they, they, they uh, can only go as far as their vision allows them. But I want to decree that in this generation, there are mothers and fathers who are about to know what their children are called to be and what their children are called to do. And they're going to prophesy from the womb what they're created to be so that we're not having to be born again because we've been jacked up in our mentality. We perceive fear and insecurity and worry. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. Uh, I'm not handsome enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm too short. I'm, uh, I, I don't have enough education. And all of the enemy is trying to disqualify you because he's accuser of the brethren. I said he's an accuser. Bless you, Laverne. So good to see you. Welcome. He's made us unto God. Number one, what you are to God, you will be to the world. I want you to look up. The Bible says, uh, uh, the scripture tells us that Jesus grew in wisdom. He grew in favor. Luke chapter 2. We're going to go there. Luke chapter 2, all the way down to 52. When you increase with wisdom with, and favor with God, you will increase with favor with men. I'm going to repeat this to you. The Bible tells us, do not seek the honor that comes from men or you will forsake the honor that comes from God. But if you get the honor that comes from God, then you will acquire the honor that comes from men. See, if your pursuit is man's honor, you forsake heavenly honor. But if you pursue heavenly honor, man's honor will come and you can accept it, but it won't take you from God. Here is what the scripture says, Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Does it mean you shouldn't be honorable? No. Does it mean you shouldn't honor? No, I'm not telling you that. But God's honor is the one you need first that makes you whole, that makes you well, that makes you strong. Here's what Luke 2, 52 says, and Jesus increased. The word increased is the word prok opto. Prok opto. It means to beat forward, to lengthen from hammering as a, as, a, as a smith forges metal, as a blacksmith forges metal, metaphorically to push forward, to pound forward. So God stretches us when he wants to, uh, when he wants to promote us. 
He increases us and stretches us with force, with power. The blow is not to destroy you. Bless you, Pastor Matt. So good to see you. The blow is not to destroy you. The, 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 the correction is not to destroy you. God love who he corrects. The stretching is not to, not to take, take you out of life. It's to increase your capacity. He said we've been in, he was in Jesus. Now, Jesus increased. Now, this began to blow my mind when God began to show this to me that even Jesus didn't have all the answers at first. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. That gave me comfort and solace to know Jesus also had to grow. That's why the Bible could tell you that Jesus was, is not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but in every way was tempted like we are, but yet without sin. So he went through everything we went through and he knows the pain. He knows the, 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 the need to wait. He knows the developmental process. He's gone through these things. He increased. He stretched through hammer, through pressure, through force, through opposition, through resistance, through affliction, through trials, through, through resistance. It is resistance that builds power. If you've ever been to the gym, say amen. If you've ever worked out an exercise, say amen. In order to build resistance, if you've ever lifted weights, in order to build power, you've got to resist. In order to build power, there's got to be opposition. In order to build force in you and an ability, you're going to have to push against something heavy. And the heaviness is not to destroy you. The heaviness is to build your power. You submit to God, you resist the devil, and he flees. So Jesus increased in wisdom. Number one is wisdom. The mind of God, the, the, the thoughts of God, Sophia, the intellect of God. The precision, the, the perspective of God, the way God thinks, and your, your prayer, James tells us we can ask for more wisdom. We can ask God to show us wisdom. Number two, when his wisdom increased, his stature increased, halakia, his age, his life, his height, his spiritual, uh, uh, his spiritual length. So now he's increasing in wisdom, but he's also increasing in spiritual height. He's, in, he's increasing in spiritual measure. The measure of, of Jesus is increasing basing on his wisdom. This is Jesus. Now he's telling us, if you want to increase, grow your wisdom. Leaders are readers. Be disciplined enough to invest not in reading the word, in studying the word. You can read something and not study it. To study means to dissect it. It means to investigate it. It means to, to break it open. The Bible says that the one who studies to show themselves approved unto God, we ought to rightfully divide the word of truth. Studying to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word. Paul writes to Timothy, you've got to study, not read, study the Bible. You've got to break it open. You've got to pursue the mind. Why? Because your power is not in your paycheck. Are you listening? Your power is not in your 401k. Your power is not in your ability naturally to do things naturally. The mind of God will give you effectiveness and efficiency that you're striking a hundred times and getting one harvest. But God said, I want to increase your wisdom so you strike once and get a hundred harvests. I want you to move in effectiveness and that's a measure of wisdom so we can be very busy 
and we can wear ourselves out. But if your wisdom increases, then your stature increases. Your measure increases. Your metron increases. The, the capacity of a man is determined by, or woman, his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding, his character, the Bible says. And then the Bible says, and he increased in something called favor. Charis, grace, pleasure, purpose, loving kindness. So this puzzled me that Jesus needed to increase in wisdom, stature, and favor. But here is, here's what it says, with God. Why would Jesus need to increase with favor with God? Isn't he God? Isn't he God's first begotten son? Why? And I remember asking God this. He said, son, I didn't start with any more favor than you started with. I said, help me understand that. He said, if I want to tell you to do what I did in greater, how can I start with a leg up that you didn't have? So I forfeited my favor, I forfeited my deity, and I put on humanity. And everything I did on earth, I did as a man in relationship with God. Though I was God and am God, he never ceased to be God. He did everything he did as a man. He didn't do it as a son of God. He did it as, as a son of man. There are two terminologies in the Bible you, you see over and over in the book of, in the four gospels. Son of man or son of God. Now he's referred most oftenly in the New Testament as the son of man the descendant of Adam. A descendant of Adam is one who was born of the bloodline of Adam, humanity, the human race. He didn't do what he did as God. He did it as man. If he did it as God, I couldn't do it. He did it as man. He did it as man in relationship with God. So then he commands you to do what he did in greater. How could he have the audacity to call me to do what he did in greater if he did it as God and I'm a man? Didn't how it works. No, no, no. He said, I did it as a man. Jesus, the man, is seated at the right hand of the majesty, interceding for us. You listening, proper understanding of what he did. So Jesus had to increase in favor. First time I really studied this, it blew me away that Jesus is growing in favor. And Jesus grew in favor with God, then he grew with favor with man. Some people are so uninformed. I'm not going to be rude today. I'm not going to say stupid or say, I, I don't believe in those terminologies. Some are just so uninformed and have a lack of knowledge to believe I don't need any man. I, I don't need man. You know, you've been hurt, sir. You got to watch those terminologies. I worship God and I serve God and not man. You don't serve any man. You're not in submission to any man or any woman. And they said, no, no, I'd rather serve God. So they don't want to be subject to any man and connected to any woman. And what happens in this instant, you become an island to yourself because you were hurt by the past leader, because you were hurt by the past pastor, because you were hurt by your first, second, and third church experience. You don't submit to the man or woman of God that God gave you correctly and you're living in fear because you don't want to be hurt you don't want to be abused you don't want to be taken advantage of you were so wounded when when you came in you were subject to God and you were subject to God's man and woman but we now don't want to be subject to nobody but God and we become workers of inequity workers of rebellion workers of lawlessness we don't submit to no man but God that's not the Bible the Bible says you must be subject, number one, to God, number two, to, to the man or woman of God he puts over you. And yes, there are people over you. There are people that were before you. There are elders that came before you. See, here is the issue now. Because we get anointed, we want to build everything in our own power, in our own strength. And listen to me, my the Holy Ghost, there are certain things you're never meant to build and, and pioneer yourself. Bless you, Barua. Good, so good to see you. 
I'll be your welcome. There are some things you're never meant to, you're not meant to build everything yourself and pioneer everything yourself. Some of you are meant to submit to, for a season, whether it's five years, whether it's 10, whatever that timeline is, whether it's three years, whether it's 10 years, that 10 years will save you 50 years of your own power. You don't got enough time to, to wait that long. You don't have 50 more years. God is getting ready to move in things and areas. So God submits you to a process and a man so you can circumvent time and season. Because when you honor a man or woman of God, you get what's on their life in a compressed period of time. That's why you serve. Elisha served Elijah for more than seven years every day. It wasn't once a week or twice a week on Sunday and midweek service. Every day he lived with the man. He walked with the man. He cleaned his, he cleaned his laundry. He made his food. He carried his bag every day, day and night for more than they estimate seven to nine years. Theologians say Elijah carried the mantle of Elisha, carried the mantle. And, and through that service, he got double what was on the man. He got double what was in his heart, in his mind. And the word double doesn't just mean twice. Double means unlimited capacity to reproduce. Let me take you there. Let me see the double is not two times the anointing double means multiplied double means the ability to reproduce what is on you and here is what here is what Elijah said Elijah said I want double what is on you I want a double portion of let a double portion of thy spirit be I don't know why we're going this road but we're going to go this way anyway here's what the Bible says Elijah was serving the man of God and service is the key to greatness. I said service is the key to greatness. Second Kings chapter two, verse nine. And in order to unlock your service, your greatness, you must find the area of your service. I don't want to serve nobody. I, I, I'm, I, I'm a God in religion is, I, there's even moves that say the church area is over. The, and now it's the kingdom area. I, I understand what you mean, sir. I understand that concept that now we're in the kingdom, but the kingdom is yet coming. It is a dominion and a power. And the Ecclesian era is not over. There's an age of the church that will arise in whom the gates of hell will not prevail and they will usher in the kingdom era. But we are still in transition. We're in a period. So we say there's no need to serve. There's no need to sit. There's no need to be. There's no need to, to honor anybody. And now there's no need to operate even in functions and operation. There's a deception and a lawlessness that is locking anointed people out of the kingdom because they don't sit and serve anywhere under anybody. I understand the abuse that's taken place, the mismanagement and the hurt that some abuse of this leadership role has come, but you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't know why we're talking about this. Second Kings chapter two, verse nine. Here is what Elijah said when uh, the prophet is about to be taken. And the Bible says, that God, uh, and it came to pass when they had gone over that Elijah said to Elijah, ask what I will do for you before I be taken away from you. And he said, I pray a let a double portion of your spirit come upon me. I, I'm going to repeat that again to say a double, a double portion of the, of your spirit come upon me. A duality. The word double there is the word shenayim. So it is translated to second but it's also a combination of numbers, 12, 24, 1,000, 
26,002. It means multiplication. So it's not only twice of what's on you. It's the ability to multiply what I have on me. So here is what God is giving me. He's not giving me. So if, if I sow a thousand, bless you, Sister Mary, welcome to the podcast. God isn't giving me 2,000 back. He's giving me the money to reproduce the anointing if I really sowed it to reproduce thousands. I don't want, I don't, I don't want what I got back. I don't want what I sowed back. I want the ability to reproduce what I sowed. If it's from my heart, I want to sow from the, uh, from the capacity of your heart. So he said, I want the ability to multiply the portion. Listen, the word portion, the word portion here, we're in second Kings chapter number two, verse nine, the Hebrew word for portion is the word, uh, is uh, again, the word Hebrew word for portion is the word mouth, pay mouth, portion, appointment, decree, to cleave. God said, I'm going to let a double portion of the spirit, mouth, a double portion of what's in your mouth. See, the prophet's power was in his mouth. This is the word pay, open mouth, the weight of mouth. So I want a double inheritance, a double weight of a portion that was in your mouth. I want the oil that was on your life, but I want a double portion of your spirit upon me. If this wasn't the Bible, if it wasn't in your Bible, I would rebuke it. But it says he didn't ask for a double portion of God's spirit. He said, I want a double portion of what's on you. And we heard this earlier with a bishop, a mighty man of God preaching this weekend that the mantle is not just the oil. It, it's, the, it's the mantle that holds the oil. So the, the mantle is earthly and it contains oil that is spiritual. It is the receptacle that holds the oil. So the mantle is a physical thing that holds a spiritual substance. So the mantle fell to the ground and he picked it up and he struck the ground with the mantle. And now the mantle began to work and divide waters. I want you to hear me by the spirit. Bless you, Pastor Hiram. God says, do you want the oil? A, a, a multiplied portion of what's in the mouth of the man or woman of God. Of the ability to art articulate the mind, the heart, the will, the word of God with grace. See, when God gets in a man of God and you say, well, I can't talk well. Moses said, I can't talk well. I'm not a man of articulation. The Bible says, Isaiah's seeing a vision. I can't, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips and God takes a coal off the altar and touches the lips and puts the word of God in the mouth of the man of God, the woman of God. So there's something in the mouth for the word of God is near you in your mouth that when the fire of God touches your tongue, the, uh, an ability to articulate the mind of God. You say, I'm just not that way. It's not my gift. The devil is alive. Do you have the Holy Ghost? Are you full of the word? He said, I want a double, I want a multiplied mouth of your spirit. I want to be able to decree in multiplication. And because he had served well, he could receive. Go back to Luke 2.52, the Bible says, so Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and with man. Revelation 5 verse 10 says, God is making us unto God kings and kings live by their words. I want to tell you, you are made to live by your words, not the sweat of your brow, not your earthly, my earthly natural way of thinking. The sweat of my brow is earthly intellect. And the sweat of my brow, the, the sign of a curse on the ground is that the ground would produce thorns and thistles. Listen, hear me. 
The ground was never meant to produce thorns and thistles. That is a sign of the curse on the ground. The ground was meant to produce fruit and harvest at my word. I meant to talk to the ocean. I meant to talk to the ground. I meant to talk to the to the fig tree. I meant to talk to the fishes and loaf. I meant to talk to gold and it appears in the mouth of fishes. I meant to talk and bread rain down from heaven. I meant to talk and water comes out of rock. I meant to decree a thing and it be established by the word of God in my mouth. It's God's word in my mouth. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? God wants to give you that ability. Not me. Yes, you, ma'am. Because the word isn't in your mouth. But he must make us unto God kings. For what you are to God, you will be to men. And as you are unto God kings, then you will be priests unto men. You are priests also to God, then you are priests to men. You serve, number one, as a ruler, as a head, as one who makes decrees, as, as an owner, but you also lead in the stewardship of the chambers of God, the house of God which you are, but there are also houses of God in the earth realm. We say, well, that no longer exists, apostle. We don't need buildings anymore, apostle. We are the house of God. Yes, you are. But your Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of yourself together. When you gather, you are not gathered for church attendance, for religious opportunity. You are gathered. You come to the hill of Zion. You come to a general assembly. You see, one of the reasons we gather, we gather to govern. We gather to decree. Here is what the, the book of Hebrews says. When you gather, you don't come to, to uh, the hill that could not be approached. You come to what's something called the general assembly, the general assembly of the saints found in the book of Hebrews. We're going there now. The book of Hebrews, repeat after me. Say, when I gather, I'm gathering to govern. I'm not just going to church. Uh, Hebrews 12, verse 23. We're going to go back uh, to... Uh, 22, but you are come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem with an, an innumerable company of angels. You understand this is the mountain. You are not gathered to, to a Sinai with a mountain that could not be approached with cloud and thick darkness that even so much uh, an animal would touch it it would be shot through the heart with a, with an arrow no sir no ma'am you have come to Zion the mountain of the Lord the accessible presence of God the place of worship where you can come in boldly and receive you've come to mountain Zion you've come to a city a city of the living God, a place and a community, a fellowship of people, a heavenly Jerusalem. But here is what note what is notable about this city, this mountain, this place. They, there are innumerable angels surrounding this mountain waiting on your decrees. One of the jobs of angelic hosts is to operate at the voice of his word. There are innumerable company of angels there in this mountain waiting to carry your word. I'm going to show you in just a minute. One of our jobs in the Holy Ghost is to gather to govern, to gather to pray, to worship, to sing, to come together. In an, an ecclesia is a is a public a, a public assembly of of called out ones gathering to make decisions in the earth on behalf of heavenly matters and you're not just gathering to sing a song you're not just gathering to hear a message you are gathering to decree over your city decree over your territory that's why you never close an altar once an altar has been erected for the kingdom of God you never forsake an altar because if you forsake a heavenly altar a heavenly altar of Jehovah it'll become an altar of Baal once you open a doorway to the spirit, it can never be closed. It remains open for eternity. 
to the general assembly of the church, to the firstborn which are written in heaven, to the judge of all, and to the spirits of judgment, just men made perfect. Our assembly is about a gathering of earthly and heavenly delegates of kingdom authority to make decrees on behalf of God. Here is what the scripture said. The book of Psalms tells us that the angels, the angels hearken to the word of God. I want to say this to you. One of the jobs of the angels is to hear and obey the word of God in your mouth. I want you to in, be encouraged. Some of you that God has, has been uh, dealing with very, very uh, deliberately that he's trying to get us to learn to steward our mouth. Psalms 103 and verse number 20. Here is what the Bible says of angels. You understand in the Bible, an angel showed up in one night and killed more than a hundred hundred thousand plus soldiers in one night that's one angel i said one angel that operate in power and they have power and they have authority and in the kingdom of god there are an innumerable company of angels that's why he's called the lord of hosts hear me by the spirit psalms 103 verse 20 bless the lord ye his angels i said bless what do angels do they bless the lord the angels of god bless they are tied to words of blessing the angels of darkness are tied to the words of curse, negative, fear, worry, stress, anxiety, anger, bitterness, cursing, natural curse words, negative speech, corrupt communication. What are you saying in your prayer car, in, in, your, in, your, in your bedroom? What are you speaking in the car? Angels follow words. Are you hearing me? Blessing draws the angel of the Lord. But remember, one third, of, uh, one third of the angels fell. Remember, there's two light angels for every dark angel. We've got them surrounded. But cursing unlocks demonic angels, fallen angels, spirits of this age. Bless the Lord, ye his angels. For the Bible says they excel in strength. They are supernatural beings. They operate at supernatural speeds of light. They speak a dialect and a language of the spirit. The Bible calls it in Corinthians, the tongues of angels. Are you hearing me? The scripture tells us that you do, they do his commands. So we must hear the commands and operate as an instrument of decree for the, the commands of God in the earth. They hearken to the voice of the word. Hear me. The word hearkening is not hear. The word hearken is to hear and obey. You hear one thing. To hearken means to hear and obey. They hearken to the voice of the word. The word of God is written, say amen, but the word of God is also rhema, spoken in the spirit. And we must hear those voices. And as sons of men, angels will ascend. Go to John 1:51. Here is another picture. How did Jesus see the dead raised? Angels listened to his words. Jesus mastered his tongue. He took 30 years to master his tongue, to grow in wisdom and stature. And he said to Nathanael, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael says, hey, you must be the Christ. He said, because you told me this, uh, I told you under the fig tree, you're going to see greater than this. You're going to see this, Nathanael. Here is what you'll see. Verse 51, he said to them, surely, surely, what this means, every time you see a verily, verily, or a surely, surely, it is an exclamation point you must study. You must dissect. It is a point of, of, of exclamation by the mouth of God. He's not just saying to sound spiritual and deep and wonderful. He's giving you an exclamation point. Study this. This is a point that must come to pass. Surely, surely, I say to you, after this, you will see heaven open 
And when heaven, see, here is the issue. How do we get heaven open? How do we get an open heaven? How does heaven open? Heaven opens when a son comes to maturity. When did heaven open over Jesus' life? After he was baptized in the water, after 30 years of development, after he submitted to the, to the ministry of his mother and submitted to the baptism of John and submitted to a council which was passing away because Jesus was dressed like a rabbi. In Luke chapter one, he got up to read in a synagogue, which means he was a part of a community of leadership. He was submitted to authority until the time he had to step up and reform that thing. He was submitted to it. He yielded himself to a thing that was passing away. And sometimes we see so far in the head that, that we don't understand. We got to submit submit to a thing before we reform a thing. We've got to yield to a thing before we change a thing. You're going to change it from the inside. See, Jesus changed it from the inside. John changed it from the outside. John never got in the thing. He didn't wear the, he didn't wear the, the robes. He didn't wear the, the talit. He didn't wear, he didn't have the hair like the Jews. He didn't look like a rabbi. John wore camel skin. The, John wore, uh, wore, he ate locusts and honey. He lived in the wilderness, never stepped in a synagogue. And we've got to understand the roles of the kingdom men in this season, the overt and the covert. But the Bible wants to teach you. He said, verily I say to you, that when Jesus went through the water and now the old and the new are coming together, John represented the spirit of Elijah and now John is baptizing Jesus, but John is the radical and the free and Jesus is the submitted, but he's gonna bring freedom to also that system. And they come together, the old and the new, and Jesus is now baptized as a fully mature son and now the heavens open and the heavens tear open. So what redeems heaven? of fully mature being baptized into the earth, which is a type of death. You're a seed. You got to plant yourself, boom, into your atmosphere. And God will rend the heavens when a fully mature seed goes back into the earth through water. Then the heavens open. And when heaven opens, the Bible says, then the angels of God ascend and they descend on the son of man. Here is that terminology again not talking about God, he's talking about mankind. Whenever you see son of man, it is a reference to the descendants of Adam. So you're going to see heaven open, whew, the heavens open. You're gonna see angels ascending and descending. I said, God, why are they not descending? I thought it would come from heaven. I thought you would send it down, then I would send it back. He said, no sir, no ma'am, no son hear me by the spirit what you need is already in the earth realm he put his word in you he gave you the authority he gave you the dominion so it's your job to send it there and then it comes back here you say well that's 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 in the word go to genesis 28 verse number 12 the same picture jesus is so how did he do the miracle the same thing Jacob saw when he put his head on a rock, which was Christ. When your head touches Christ, you will see the same thing, even though it's thousands of years in the future. He dreamed a dream, behold, the ladder was on the earth. Where was it on the earth? Where did it reach toward heaven? Heaven must invade the earth, but earth must bring an invitation for heaven. Heaven must draw is drawn by us ordained and set apart behold the ladder was set up on the earth but it reached the top of heaven and behold the angels of god were ascending remember then descending they go up they go down god's waiting on you to talk verse 13 says and god here's what 13 says and behold the lord stood above the ladder he said i'm the lord the god of abraham isaac and jacob the land wherefore thou liest 
to thee will I give to you. Now, who's at the top of the ladder? God. Who's at the bottom of the ladder? Jacob. You're listening. You're at the bottom. I'm at the bottom, the old man. But there's a new man in me. There's a new one waiting to be transformed. God's at the top. He said, the Lord stood above the ladder. On top of the ladder, what does the ladder do? Give you access down or up? What do stairs do? What are stairways? They're access points between dimensions. It's a ladder. It's a gateway. God wants to open a gateway. God needs a ladder down like you need a ladder up. And there must be a man or woman of God who processes. What is a ladder? A purified DNA strand. Remember the DNA, the blood, my blood is a DNA strand. Now the issue of my blood is when Adam fell, he infected my blood and it was passed on from generation to generation. Now every three and four generation pollution passes, but a covenant remains for a thousand years. But here's what the power of the blood does. When I encounter Jesus, it begins to purify my bloodline one encounter at a time. And the defects of my ladder, remember the DNA strand, I'm getting a little deep for y'all, but it's just listen, praise the Lord. A DNA strand is what the substance of the blood is made of. It is the code in the blood, and it looks like a twisted ladder. And there are defects in the DNA strand, which are called rungs. These rungs are defective. And now there's, there's, there's rungs missing in the ladder. And the blood tells you how, how tall you'll be, how, how short you'll be, whether you'll have hair, whether you won't have hair, whether you'll be, be prone to cancer, prone to diabetes. It's all in the blood when they want to know because the blood can tell you. DNA sample can tell you your genetic heritage and your bloodline. They can tell you how back you're, when you send them blood, they can look at your blood and they can trace the, the ladder all the way back generations. It's called genes. But in the Bible, it's called generations. Now, when I have encounter with Jesus, I can have a purification of my bloodline and that the old man dies. Here is the problem. We're not perfect men. No one is. We're not perfect women, but I know the one who is. And when he touches me, he pure. See, this is what a, an STD is, an, a sexually transmitted disease. This is for adults now. That when impure blood touches pure blood, the impurity affects the, the pure blood and it pollutes it now age is transferred disease is transferred when blood touches it either pollutes or purifies now the impurity in the impure blood overcomes the pure blood now you get sickness you get disease now an autoimmune disorder is where the blood is uh, age is an autoimmune disorder where it's the, it's it's working against you because there's a virus in you but here's the beauty of your intimacy with jesus your intimacy with jesus purifies your bloodline one touch because our blood is impure and Jesus' blood is holy but when I go beyond the veil and have intimacy with Jesus his blood is touching my blood and one encounter at another I'm getting purified I'm getting healed I'm getting delivered I'm getting set free I'm having one encounter and that one touch touched me in the inner man but I didn't realize it touched my DNA strand and it touched me there and it touched now I'm a new creature and I don't want what I used to want now the ladder is open for him to come down. Oh Lord, rend the heavens and come down, oh Lord. Tear the heavens and come down. How can he come down if there is no ladder? Jesus was the perfect ladder. And in John 1:51, the angels were going up and down the ladder. And so the difference when we say, arm be healed, and done nothing happen. And when Jesus said, arm be healed, it happened. What was the difference? An angel carried the word and brought it to pass. And the angel took the word for the withered arm and the angel 
move matter. Matter moves by word because word is the substance of matter. It's the elements of all the ages. Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. Hebrews 11 and 3. Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word. What framed the world? The word. What framed the world? The word. Hebrews 11 verse 3. The worlds were framed by the word. Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word. So what's in you? The word. But when you become the word and you become one with the word, you speak the word and it comes to pass. Are you hearing me? Hebrews 1 verse 3 says, everything is sustained by the word. He being the brightness of glory, the express image of his person, upholding everything by the word of his power. So what makes the sun move in perfect or, or stay in the center and us rotate around the sun? What makes the earth uh, stay in alignment and no further? What keeps the waters in order? What keeps your heart beating? What keeps your mind uh, uh, discerned? What keeps your, your breath in your lungs? The word. And when that word is one with a man or woman, the word becomes flesh. And now you speak and angels hearken to the voice of your word, the way it obeyed Jesus. Because God needs a voice. He needs a vessel. He needs a conduit. Who being the brightness of glory, the expressed image, the character. Jesus was the character. That word is character. The nature of God pure and holy and, and you say well no one's perfect that is a lie Jesus is and I've got Jesus in me and he's trying to change me he's trying to show me another part of me he's trying to reveal to me who I am to be and what I'm to be he's trying to show me who I really am so that the old me dies and the new me live which I'm just how I am that is a lie that is a cop-out that is not who you are, and that is not who you're made to be. You are a son or daughter of God. And the Bible says it's called the remission of sin. And the remission isn't just a cleansing of sin. It's an eradication of, it's not just God forgiving the sin you keep committing. It is God destroying the sin gene out of you to where you can't sin anymore. You don't want it. You live another nature. Now I got in the presence of a holy one, and I don't want what I used to want no more. I want God. I want his presence. I want him. I want his name. I want is nature now I'm a new creature it's called the divine nature we become partakers according to Peter's epistle of the divine nature through the precious promise of God help us Lord there is a new concept a new awareness a new being in Christ that God wants to make you aware of here is what Revelation 5 verse 10 says he's making us unto God kings and priest and we will rule reign domain in the earth because remember you were made for rulership in the earth in the book of Genesis God made you to rule the earth the way God rules the heaven that didn't change God ain't done with the earth the earth is the Lord Psalms 24 verse 1 says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein are mine says the Lord the earth is the Lord's and the fullness it's God's the world and they that dwell in and he wants the kingdom to come to the earth. We've got wrong theology. Bless you, uh, Elder Bertil. Good, so good to see you, woman of God. Blessings. God uh, wants us to operate. Sister Natalie, welcome. Sister Stella, welcome. God wants you to move in a level of dominion and rulership in Christ so that your words cancel curses. Your words heal bodies. Your world changes the world around you. I'm out of time. I've got to pray for you. The earth is the Lord's. 
Revelation 5 verse 10 says you were made to reign in the earth. You were made to rule in Christ. Romans 8, 21, we're going to pray over you. God wants you to operate in victory, in dominion. Romans 8, 21 says the creation itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corrupt leadership. Remember, slavery comes through corrupted leadership. Corruption is not just perversion. It's not wickedness. It's polluted power. It is corrupted authority. It is authority that is using it for self and not for the good of the kingdom of God. So God said, I'm going to deliver creation. That means everything in creation, plants, animals, sun, moon, stars, the kingdom will come to the earth. The earth will see a church in whom the gates of hell will not prevail. And I will give to them the keys of the kingdom and whatever they bind in earth will be bound from heaven, which means make illegal. Whatever they make illegal on earth, I'll loose it from, I'll make legal from, illegal from heaven. But whatever they make legal on earth, I'll make legal from heaven. So translated, they're going to have a kingdom mindset. And whatever is legal in heaven, they make legal here. Whatever is illegal in heaven will be illegal on earth. That's why Jesus could expel sickness, poverty, disease. You never seen Jesus enforcing down here what was illegal up there. Jesus didn't bring division. He didn't bring murder. He didn't bring death. He didn't bring poverty. He didn't kill. He didn't. He could have called people to be burned up, but that wasn't his assignment like the Old Testament prophet. His job was to bring life so he could make legal here what was legal there. He could make illegal here what was illegal there. And you can make darkness, sin, poverty, disease, depression illegal. You can drive it out. It's a spirit. But you can make legal life, joy, rest, healing, provision because it's legal in your kingdom. You've got to know the kingdom law, but you are the representative on the earth. He is making us kings and priests because the creatures shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. The glory produces freedom and the freedom must be governed by governors, leaders, ministers, heads of state, stewards, business owners, pastors, teachers, administrators, those that are excellent of spirit. I need to pray for you. I'm out of time. God is making us kings. Our last verse, Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. We are worried about things when God says, I need you to put your mind on me. Actually, 33. Go to 22 is very good as well. Matthew 6, 33 tells us that we are to seek the kingdom. The kingdom concepts, the principles, the perspective, the laws. Seek the kingdom first, not just primarily, but seek the world before this world. I don't have time to talk about this world as only a reflection of the world before. You are not deemed, you are redeemed, you are not stored, you are restored, you're not vibed, you're revived. You are not making new your mind, you're renewing your mind. You're not receiving the Holy Ghost, you're receiving the Holy Ghost. You're not consigned to God, you're reconciled. You're not deemed, you're redeemed. You're not stored, you're restored. You're getting back what you already had. You don't come to the bishop of your souls, you return to the bishop of your souls. You're getting back what you already were. So you seek the kingdom which was before and you bring it to now. Because the power of first is ruling what is now. So you must go into the kingdom before the first kingdom and bring it back here. You're listening. And the righteousness of the king is righteousness. You're not seeking your own. Righteousness, pure, holy, righteous, but also function. What is his function in the kingdom? He's a king. He's not a slave that we serve. He's not just a friend, though he's friendly. He's a king. 
He's not a president. He's a king. He's not a pastor. He's a king. So he's telling you to learn kingly identity because I want to loose my kingdom through you. You seek the kingly identity. Blessings, Pastor. So good to see you. Seeing that kingly righteousness and the things you need find you. Has God ever had a problem getting you money, resource, healing, miracles? No. He's got a problem with slave mentality. He's got a problem. We've got slave mentalities. We think earthly, not spiritually. We think in monetary terms. They said, let's feed these 5,000. And all one of them, 12, like, well, we ain't got no money. I ain't got this much denarii to give them a little piece. He said, no, sir, no, ma'am. I have a kingdom that is without limits, without, without restriction. I've got a kingdom that has limitless supply. Don't you know who you're talking to? But they said, no, Jesus, there's 5,000. I don't have, we don't have enough money to give them enough just for a crumb each. How can we feed? Send them away. He says, no, ma'am, no, sir. I've got a kingdom of limitless supply, but you've got to learn my system. Learn your identity in my system, and you're going to unlock your inheritance. You seek the kingdom before, and you seek your identity in that kingdom as a king. And then what you need is added to you. You don't have to look for it. You don't have to labor for it. Truth unlocks freedom. I'm out of time. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to cover your people, to keep and protect, to direct and to guide. I ask you according to the working of your power to loose blessing and favor over these, your sons and daughters. I ask you that God, we would receive your word today with gladness of heart and a stewardship of our mind. I bless these men. I bless these women. These are kings and these are priests. They are rulers, but they're also stewards of the chambers of God, the house of God. They are ministers of the Lord, but they are priests and kings unto God. Let you be glorified in everything they do and use them for your glory and their honor. Let every word spoken be of power, be of virtue, and be of grace in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, somebody say amen. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, it is so in Jesus' name. God bless you. Uh, we pray dismissal over all of our Charisma Podcast listeners. Please be sure to like the podcast, share the podcast. If you're being edified, please go to thisrockinternational.org. Again, God's been telling us for, for a season to make sure we let everybody know soon our only lives will be on our This Rock International page. So make it clear. Uh, snippet, snippets will be up clips will be up but only are soon i don't know when that is i'm not going to give you another deadline but i'm telling you make sure you go to this rock international and save that save that link so you could stay connected and you can continue to to hear the lives so all of our lives online all of our lives will be soon whenever that is we're going to be switching to this rock international.org we'll still have our facebook page we'll still have our youtube page but we've got to teach things that it ain't for everybody's ears praise the lord so please remember to save that make sure you link that in the lord bless you and keep you god bless you charisma podcast we'll We'll talk to you next week at our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. Amen. Thank you for listening to Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast with Apostle Nathaniel Leon. Stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, or by liking us on Facebook at This Rock International. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.